Hey everyone, welcome to a new season of conversations with me, Richard the Zaydenhout, on this channel, Richard Talks. And uh, this evening I'm featuring a guest, uh, Hussein Patel, uh, and I'd like to introduce you just a little bit about him. So Hussein Patel is an author, coach, and entrepreneur, all-round great guy, uh, and he's written three books, uh, The Robin Island Effect, Think Your Way to Success, and The Beginning of Ecstasy. With over 25 years of corporate experience, he studied natural sciences, computer science, operations, research, and business in South Africa. He's traveled all over South Africa, the Middle East, India, North America, and Europe during his career. Develop a key interest in scientific and engineering principles, systems thinking, Eastern philosophy, and neuroscience. He has transitioned into sharing his learnings of the pathway to success through self-actualization and mindfulness as a business coach and mentor. The concepts and learnings he ultimately shares transforms lives and motivates people toward true fulfillment and success. His writings challenge old paradigms and brings a fresh perspective to current real life and business problems. Wow, what a lot, what a lot. Welcome. Hey, Sain, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, thanks for that. So maybe you are doing me a bit, but um, thanks for that introduction, Richard. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so, um, uh, Usain, we know each other for a few years. We worked together in corporate, and I must say, I had no idea about all these other things you had cooking in the kitchen. Um, you know, whether it is building your side hustle, was that was that part of something happening when we at first met each other in our corporate lives? I think it's been there for yes, actually it was. It's been there for a long time. My passion for writing. I think um, if I can go back, my mother was actually a teacher and a librarian, so there were always books around um, the house, you know. And my father was also an ardent writer and speaker of 11 languages. So I think that influenced me quite a bit. And um, I've been really interested in, in, in books um, by other writers in self-development, philosophy, etc. And uh, yeah, I've been probably writing for the last 20 years, but not publishing anything. But um, finally, I've gotten something something out there <laughs> <laughs> so you say finally you've gotten something out there is it a classic yeah. case of you know the um uh, entrepreneurship journey we 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 sort of battle ourselves and we 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 have this doubt this constant doubt uh, so we we build up these archives of things we could have done uh, but we don't actually execute on it um or was it just were you just writing because you didn't really believe that it should be published or what was it more of a hobby how did that how did that play out yeah. for you yeah it, it started out as an as a hobby and also i had a leadership coach a few years ago and she actually encouraged me to diarize or generalize my thoughts and daily happenings um, based on the teachings she was um, she offered and the guidance and how that actually panned out in my life. So um, that also kickstarted my, my writing sort of career. And um, yeah, I think it's been, it's always been there. So it's definitely been a, a strong passion, passion in my life for a long time. And I think the fact that I also reached a point where I felt that I needed to be more confident and get over my own insecurities. And through that, that transformation, um, I managed to actually write the books and finish it. Um, before I was maybe not that confident, but then once I got over that, that obstacle of, of having maybe being, or maybe feeling insecure, um, I was able to actually just finish it and publish it. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, you know, uh, I've I've uh, been sitting on something for the last six months, actually, um, a, 
a course that I've, I've kind of developed this course, a different way of doing things for Excel. And when the lockdown started, I had sort of, sort of kicked myself into gear to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to create this course and I'm going to put it out there. It took me all of five days to do some of the initial groundwork, get a website admin running, get a, a, a e-commerce um, sort of thing going, uh, had all the pieces. I just needed to record the course. I had the content for the course because I've been doing the, the, the training sort of one-on-one -on -one for a while already. And uh, believe it or not, uh, just yesterday at the time of recording this, uh, uh, well, I actually finished the edit for the course. So I've been dragging wow. my feet for like six months um, and not getting it done. And it's, it was just, uh, uh, it's a mental block. I'm not sure what it is, but that's why I found it interesting that you say you'd been writing for a while and then there was this, this mental block, this maybe emotional block that you were experiencing that prevented you from publishing. And the, the coach actually helped you remove those obstacles. Do you think a coach is important to help you with things like that? Yeah, I think coaching is very valuable. Um, the moment you, you know, it, it's a funny thing because a coach, a lot of coaches encourage people and, and they'll say things that you won't necessarily tell yourself, you know, because I think a lot of people mostly tell themselves negative things about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when, a, when a coach, when someone tells you something positive about yourself, you like almost surprised. <laughs> And but also encourage at the same time, and then that can kickstart a, a sort of a trail of more positive thinking within yourself as well. So I think that's that's one of the big benefits of having a, a mentor or coach. Yeah, I believe in coaching, uh, 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 especially in business, well, in everything, because we look at professional sports. And, you know, it, it, we, we, we can't even think of a professional sports person not having a coach. We can't even think of that team not yeah. having a coach. But in business, we often don't think of coaches, you know, that somebody needs a coach to excel in their business. Uh, and so I find that concept really strange, especially in entrepreneurs, smaller, um, you know, or, or entrepreneurs running small businesses or micro businesses. They don't think of coaching even if it's not a former coach but you know that would be based but even as a group structure group learning um you know yeah. always i always find that helpful as well so um yeah. i mean what's your take on the in you do you think that there's a value in group coaching or or more individual based coaches what do you what is your take on that i think this is um probably depends on on the on the situation sometimes group coaching is is more preferable um but i think genuinely one-on-one -on -one coaching is probably more beneficial most of the time because you're getting the attention the full attention of the coach yeah um but also the downside of that is that one-on-one -on -one coaching can be quite expensive you know so if it's a group coaching it's probably going to be more cost efficient because the coach can then charge less for teaching a group. Um, yeah, and that benefits obviously the students if they're paying for the coaching. Yeah, especially in this time of uh, you know the, with COVID with the lockdown, we've had an extensive lockdown. Things are getting better right now, but you know it might take a while before things get really good. Uh, and uh, yeah. there was a, I, I felt myself personally felt a lot of contraction especially when the lockdown started, um, you know, whether it was clients, uh, whether it was just my perception of what's going on in the world, um, my desire to spend, mm -hmm. reduce. Uh, and uh, so there was just this whole feeling that everything is contracting around you. And so we're always looking to save um, wherever we, we, we could, uh, although that's a normal part of life, uh, should always be saving. Um, but just it's it's what you were saying about sort of affordability around getting a coach, um, and uh, and what's and it's just uh, you've released this book in uh, the, probably the biggest pandemic any of us will live through, uh, hopefully, uh, you know. And so so 
was it was it time was it was it your coach what 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 actually gave you the push to sit down and write or did you have the the scripts and then actually get published yeah i had a lot of the material already um that um, that i wrote maybe years ago or months ago and um, i think it was because i had some time on my hands i was you know i wasn't going to a job every day or office every day because of the lockdown mostly and um i just thought you know if I'm, i might not have another opportunity like this to actually finish finish a book and i thought you know, if I'm not going to take it, I might miss opportunity and um, I'm just going to go for it. Even if I have to get up at 3 or 4 a.m. every morning and, and do it, um, you know, because when the day starts, things get busy and then you get distracted and you don't spend the time writing again. So um, I just see that now and you know, <laughs> that's what I tell myself. I think if you tell yourself something enough times, you start believing it, then you start actually following through. Yeah. So it can be can go it. both ways, either negative or, pos negative or positive. Yeah. You you mentioned something like that in your book. You say a thought um, a thought becomes an or an idea becomes a thought. A thought becomes an action. An action becomes a habit. Is that right? Am I getting it right? Did I get? I didn't quite write the Yeah, something to that effect. So it starts it starts with a thought. Um, and some in some way in these emotion as well. So um, it could be start with an emotion or a thought, um, leads to an emotion, leads to an action. Um, ultimately, you know, if if that's just just um, to cut the long story short, excuse the pun. <laughs> um, to cut the long story short, I think if you if you if you constantly keep that that those thoughts and those emotions going eventually it becomes part of your they say temperament um, and you, or you develop a mood and ultimately a temperament you know so so they say um what's the saying or, or as generally you find that a lot of people also sort of have this unease about them and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily something that they've had all their life it might be something that developed over time due to the thoughts and emotions that's constantly recurring you know the same thing over and over eventually they have almost like a personality trait or change because of that yeah so i i've um have this have this routine in the morning i do try to get up uh, earlier uh, i like the quiet time the, 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 you know just before sunrise um, and I, when I, before I actually get out of bed, I have this, uh, my morning mantra that I repeat to myself, uh, every day, yeah. I tell myself, and I can feel there's a shift when I don't say my morning mantra, I can feel there's a shift in the day. Like I feel like something is missing or, you know, uh, I forget to be in control of a, of a certain mind state or, or, um, an emotion, uh, I'll, you know, so like. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. What you're saying there uh, is this: is this a lot of, of of you know the themes? I mean, I've I've had the the the, the good fortune of of buying your book and reading your book, uh, and so a lot of the teachings that are in there are are, are great. Uh, what are you trying to do with this book? Let's talk about um, you know the beginning of ecstasy. So let's focus on that book because that's your most recent book. Yeah, that is actually the most recent book. It's it's actually there's quite a lot of overlap though with my first book. Maybe if I if I can contrast it with the first book, then it, it maybe will make it a bit more um, clear as to what it's about. Because in, actually that was going to be my first book, uh, okay. the beginning of ecstasy. That my yeah. first title, put it that way. And then for some reason, um, when I thought about the the the, the, the central theme of the book, then. The Robin Island effect came up because of Mandela. You know, there was a lot about Mandela and um, his experience and how we relate to that. So, the the beginning of ecstasy. The whole point of the book is to to talk about or encourage people to actually 
you know, search for contentment or somehow some meaning in their life, which actually, in a way, is leads to contentment. You know, the message basically is um, if you don't search for that uh, meaning um, or strive towards contentment, it's not going to happen necessarily. So um, it's got to be something that that you consciously sort of search for or something that you consciously strive towards. So that's where the meditation, the yoga, and those things come in. And and that's my point. So also, if, if you don't go that route of, of searching or going towards contentment, um, you, you tend to fall prey to other, what I call false pleasures, you know, like um, addictions and overeating, things like overeating, smoking, drug addiction, etc. So that's, I think, the main theme of the book. And that can be applied to any situation, yeah. business or personal life. Do you, do you think procrastination is also one of those addictions or the, the art of making excuses? Like I said, it took me six months to record this course that I had everything, everything lined up. But for just some reason, I just didn't record it. Um, and I tried to play through my head yeah. as to what the issue could be there. But, you know, is procrastination or... Is that also an addiction? Do we do we like to make excuses for ourselves? That is something that we'd like to do, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. So that's something that we almost thrive on. And it comes down to the, the, the thinking or the thoughts that we have. And um, I, I don't know if you remember that I said this. On average, people have 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, right? And most of them are negative. So we kind of, not only the fact that we have so many thoughts, but that we actually latch onto those thoughts. We think that is that is who we are. And that's where the problem comes in. So if we think, um, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't, I'm not, um, I don't think that I'm actually going to benefit from what I'm doing, or I don't think I'm going to be successful then we, we don't see the point in doing it in the first place. That's why we procrastinate. And the reason why we um, don't think that we can do it, or we don't think we're going to be successful, is because of the thoughts. So it starts with the thoughts. Um, I think I also mentioned that most of us, our upbringing um, is based on the fact that we are not good enough. You know, that's been built into us from day one. So, yeah, that's how it ends up procrastinating. procrastinating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> goodness. Uh, maybe we should have had this interview six months ago. It uh, made a big difference yeah. uh, for me. So I think your, your book, you know, it goes into uh, a lot of the territory that I'm a little bit familiar with. You know, I've, I've you know, running a business for 12 years. Uh, you kind of reach deeper into meaning of things and behaviors and you start to, you know, challenge your your existing view on the world. Um, who who in who are you trying to reach with your book? Is there if there was somebody that you could speak to, you know, uh, who are you trying to reach and, and what message do you want them to hear? I think um, probably the biggest audience or the main audience I'm trying to reach is people who have, who are searching for solutions, realizing that um, there's something missing in their life or they have a problem, but they've been disappointed, <laughs> you know, in that during that search, for example. So they've been searching everywhere, maybe on the internet, spoken to people, got an advice, but it just didn't work for them. So people that are maybe fed up the point where they've almost given up um, and this might be the if you want to call it the holy grail of solutions but I don't know if I want to go that far but at least it will give them hope um, and, so, and some optimism to, to push forward I mean that's a that's a really really big claim to make uh, I've read yeah. uh, the book and, and I'm not saying it's not true but i'm not also saying it's true i guess you'd have to buy the book yourself and find out uh but the yeah. but the practices and the habits that you do speak about 
you know i know that they do have great value so there's six secrets in your book uh question if they secrets why are you writing a book about it <laughs> that's an interesting question <laughs> well it's, it's not really secrets i mean maybe it's just um, me trying to give it the effect you know it's it's really more i would say principles the reason why i, I put it secrets is because if, if you say something is a secret then people seem to pay more attention <laughs> so it's more giving it the, giving it the effect you know so that people can take notice but um, I think it's also when when people sort of read read the book and they see a secret um, and the way I explain it it's actually they might realize it's something that they've never heard of before so and it's been unknown for a long time that's that's what also it could mean yeah that, yeah, yeah I, I i you know <laughs> just uh, just ask the question as 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 a bit of a fun twist but i think that these things are are we don't we're always looking for the answers elsewhere in in common behavior so uh and what i mean by that is that we we try to solve, and I think you mentioned this in your book as well, you, you try to solve the same problems, all these modern problems, with the same way that we solve problems 100 years ago, and it's just not effective. It's been proven not to be effective. You know, the... Um, yeah. So, and, and that's why I, I think that you say it's secrets because it shouldn't be a secret. It's, I mean, it, it's... The practices are, are, are well known and the benefits are well defined. But... Um, but there's just very few of us that that act upon it. Uh, so, you know, if what what is your favorite? And, and it's probably very difficult for you as an author to to pick out a favorite. But in the book mm -hmm. itself, if there's a page that you want somebody to go to right now, you know, what is that page that they should be reading? Sure, that that is that is. Um... That is that is a big question. A big <laughs> yeah, question, because there's so many pages that I, I choose. But I think um, you know that uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I could just double check, you know, if you just even go to the section on on, I think it's the um, fourth secret, you know, and if you just go to the first page of the fourth secret, I don't know what page that is which is compersion, right? And I think that's that's probably the most difficult, the reason why it's my favorite, it's, it's because it's probably the most difficult secret to implement, you know, because it's, compersion is basically, in simple terms, having empathy for possibly someone you don't even know. Um, it could be a complete stranger, for example, so, and, and expressing love for someone that you don't know or that you possibly even dislike so <clears throat> I think that's that's something that's really difficult and I think if you can achieve yeah. that then then you 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 beat the nail in the on the head there <laughs> and is that sort of a lot of the the influence that you get from um Mandela's story you know where you where you're talking about that Robin Island effect because you do mention it in this book as well uh, and uh, when we relate our struggles and situations and think that we are blocked and caged in, like with the pandemic, uh, there was a lockdown, we were blocked and caged in. And, you know, there, there was, every, everyone was kind of like on board with what was going on. But after a while, they, they were, you know, fighting against it. Or maybe it was just me, my family. Um, but that whatever we were going through, if you think about what Mandela was going through in his tiny cell, like, um, yeah. and he was still able to come out of everything with, with forgiveness and love in his heart. Is that sort of the inspiration for that fourth secret? Yeah, I, I definitely. I think for, for most of the secrets, um, if not all of them, and, and that's what the whole Robin Island effect was about. I know it's not the main, necessarily the main theme of this book, but it does of the, of the beginning of ecstasy, but it does sort of relate as well because if you think about it um if you can put yourself in mandela situation 
let's say you're going through a difficult time, let's say in the lockdown, and you think, just think about it. I mean, if you're sitting in a real prison and you don't, you just have a, a mat or something to sleep on every night, you know, and think back to your own situation again <laughs> and compare the two, you know, what, what, what kind of, what is, what kind of emotion that, that does that evoke? I'm sure it must evoke appreciation or gratitude. The fact that you're not in a real prison and that you have all this freedom all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing that you, what your real situation is, that you actually should be grateful and that you in, in such a great situation, <laughs> such a good situation. You understand because you're comparing now your current situation to that situation where you would be in a prison, in a real prison, but you're constantly thinking that you are in a real prison, which is the illusion. Yeah, it's so difficult for um, us to get out of that. I mean, I've been running a business for the last 12 years and I, you know, the, the dark days are, are really dark. Um, the bright days yeah. are really sunny. It's the feast and famine you go through these. And uh, so, and I reached a stage a few years ago where I didn't want that anymore. I wanted predictability, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, I still have material desire. I do. Um, I'm also open to that. Like I've never been able to say that comfortably before, uh, where I think, you know, um, most of us do want material comfort. Uh, we, mm -hmm. we don't want to live out on the streets. We don't choose that. Um, and I, and I speak broadly about a population. Uh, so we do one, but but we've we've been taught not to claim that that if you say that that there's something wrong with that, and um, you know and, and so I I look at it and and really talk about material gatherings and wealth really around a because I want to, my thoughts and my decisions to be my own, whereas I feel a lot of when you don't have money and you don't mm. have that that cushion that money gives you, your decisions aren't actually driven by you, your, what you really want, you, you know, because it's, it's based on the scarcity or the perceived scarcity that people have. And in business, that is such a, a, a poisonous mindset to have. So you're not actually making decisions based on um, what you really want. You're making decisions based on what your bank account allows for and then it, when when i when i started to see that i started to think about other things that i'm that i'm doing in my life uh, other thoughts that i'm having around my life and how that is negatively impacting me how i'm 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 not tapping into a, a, a emotional bank account that can give me better fulfillment yeah, you, you see, you see, that's the thing with, with, with fulfillment and, and contentment. Um, unfortunately, people confuse real contentment with money. I'm not saying money is a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, comfort, wealth, um, financial wealth. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not against that. I mean, I, I myself, you know, love the good things in life. I have to be honest. <laughs> uh, I don't think any, uh, there's very few people that, that I, even that I have heard of that, um, don't desire material wealth. I mean, I'm yet to I've yet to meet someone like that, <laughs> to be honest. But but um, the, the the truth is that most people sort of have this distorted view of financial wealth and and confuse it with true contentment, you know. And I think I talk about that in the book as well, because under the section con or the secret contentment, where you confuse money with contentment and um, just think about it like this. A good example is in the book also is that of Jack Whitaker. I don't know if you read that part. Um, the lottery, the, the big lottery winner. He was, I think he won the biggest lottery at the time, something like over $300 million, you know, something to that effect. And um, basically his whole life was ruined because of that. 
Yeah. So just think about that. Um, I'm not saying don't go for money, but also think about the balance. You know, is it gonna balance your life? Keep a balanced life. Um, think about your relationships and your health as well. There needs to be a, a balance between all areas of your life. So if one it is too pronounced, the others might suffer because of that. And that often happens with money, unfortunately. Yeah, I recently I recently read um, uh, doing some research uh, about the hedonic treadmill. Are you familiar with the hedonic treadmill? Sounds familiar, but yeah. So the, the hedonic treadmill is basically it's um, an observed tendency of humans i'm just reading off uh what's on wikipedia the wikipedia definition says the hedonic treatment also known yeah. as the hedonic adapt adaption is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events uh or life changes according mm. to this theory as a person makes more money expectations and desires rise in tandem which results in no permanent gain in happiness, which is kind of, you know, what you're saying. So the, yeah. it doesn't matter how many things you buy and that you acquire or that you can afford, um, is that your, your, your life, everything else in your life rises with that. So it's exactly. not, so, yeah. so the problems also rise with that. And, um, yeah, I can imagine. It's all relative. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, and that's what protects. You know, if is 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 your book designed to help people to navigate through those kinds of challenges? I think it's very pertinent to to business, especially entrepreneurs. Um, as much as maybe some of them might, we try to deny it. <laughs> um, I think because because I think I mentioned this also when people go into the business world or they become an entrepreneur they think they're in a different world but it's still life it's still like there's nothing really different about it it's just that um you're in that world but the same the same pressures the same anxieties are going to to impact you you know um as with anyone else and i think it actually becomes more pronounced when you become an entrepreneur um the stresses and anxieties of life so I think um, people should people should really focus on on what they want, um, but based on living like I said a balanced lifestyle. Um, also, I think the important thing here is thing here is to understand your own maturity. You know, especially when it comes to business and money. If someone gave, for example, if someone gave you Say you're earning, let's say, um, a um, hundred thousand rand a year, for example. Then all of a sudden, someone gave you ten million rand. How do you think that's going to impact your life? Just think of it logically. You know, all of a sudden you jump from down there to way up there. You know, in terms of finances. Just think about that. Um, would you be able to handle that kind of massive change? Are you mature enough to do that? That's the question. You know what? Uh, the honest answer is like, I'll give it a go and see what happens. Yeah. But you know, quite truthfully, <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm, yeah. I'm financially a little bit more, more mature. I, I understand things. Uh, I, no, I'm not, I'm not saying you personally, but I mean, yeah. a lot of people, I think it's yeah no so so the the i'll relate this back to business uh you know as running a business um i'm i'm always trying to uh, you know increase the revenue um and uh, you know, a few years ago somebody asked like why i was like oh mm -hmm. good question like why do you want to earn more money and stuff like that so I, i've answered those questions for myself but um one of the lessons that like, I, I talk to my team, uh, when we're, you know, it's about if you, if, if we launch a new product and we say, cool, mm -hmm. um, the goal is to get 10,000 clients in the first month. I caution against mm -hmm. that. I said, well, for, um, firstly, that will be amazing because we'll have all this revenue, but 
with 10,000 yeah. new clients come 10,000 new problems, new yes. uh, customer queries, you know, plus um, it's not just 10,000, it's 10,000 plus however many each person asks each day. So are we ready for that? Will that break us? You know, that, that's exactly what I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, um, I'm using a very simplistic example here, but it also depends on the situation. Some people, you know, they, they, they're very mature and they can handle that. They can, they know what, the, what they're in for. Um, so they know that there's going to, you know, the stresses that's going to come with that and, and all sorts of things. Um, but, but most people, unfortunately, can't handle such a big jump. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It's, it, they're going to be more stressed out. They're going to, it just opens the door up to more suffering and anxiety for them because they're not, at that, um, how can I say, subconsciously, they're not at that level of maturity. So, um, so they haven't, even they haven't... though they'd love to have that, that, that huge amount of money, because to them, you know, lots of money means for, for some reason, or other means happiness, um, contentment, etc. But they don't think about the actual implications what that means yeah so you 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 hear it often by people that have made it uh that have, have have excelled in life or succeeded in business um you know they 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 find a, a happy place and it isn't the money um and money does bring with it some advantages uh, definitely but it's it's not about the money and if you make it about the money you lose the money uh because money is not the point it should never be the point there's always other things that are more important yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, I, I say kind of the same thing. I think I do mention it in the book, one of the books. Um, I just use different words. I think I said that um, it's uh, money can be a, a, a means to um, means to an end, but it cannot be the, the end in itself. You know, that's basically yeah, I think what great, you're saying as well. Great words, yeah. So saying uh i think three books is many do you did you did you self-publish just want to kind of talk about how you got a book out here there may be people watching this or listening to this that you know is interested in the south african market uh we yes. you know we always we always there's tons of podcasts and sort of uh, webcasts and stuff about um people overseas and how they doing it and there's very few about sort of small businesses you know entrepreneurs solopreneurs in south africa that do these kind of things which is why i'm trying to have more of those conversations with people um that have gone through this process so publishing a book like what was that like is it is it do you have a publisher was that journey yeah um it's not just it's not that glamorous to be quite honest um i think i'm still the same person it's not like you know now i published a book um, i'm a celebrity or anything like that it's i think for me it was more about the actual this, this burning desire to to get my my thoughts and my ideas out there and share with people you know and see what they think maybe these people i'm sure these people out there that there's similar ideas or have similar ideas and they have similar problems and um they might find a solution in my book that's the whole point i was trying to to make with the books so in and an advice and, for yeah. sorry what you say yeah and 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 if you think about it if i can maybe just add you you talked about local writers and local talent in business in south africa and um also South African writers compared to obviously overseas, especially in the West, like in the UK and the United States, there's this big, um, this big marketing movement, you know, you get all these big um, self-development gurus and personal development gurus and, and so on, celebrities, but it's unfortunately most of them are from America, the UK, and other countries in the West and maybe in the East, but not many from South Africa, right? No, no. But yet no. we have such a great legacy with with um, you know the dissolve, the dissolving of apartheid and Mandela, and that seems to be very much, how can I say, trimmed down by all the other things happening in the world. Don't you think? I, yeah. I always say because yeah. 
the Americans and the, and the British and, and, and all of them, these writers, um, they, they get a lot of attention and they're very famous, but nothing much is happening that side, <laughs> has been happening that side. Um, it's all been happening here in our country in the last, say, 50 years or so. Yeah. You know, uh, but yet they're the ones that are actually getting all the attention, which is quite, um, I think, surprising. Or it should have been the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> we should be writing quite a lot of, because we got all the stories here, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I do agree with you. And that's why we're having these conversations. So, um, and then, so uh, if people want to get hold of you, uh, you know, so what, what do you, what do you, you offer your coaching? Is that, is that you do a course? Do you have a course? Yeah. What, what are you offering I, people? I do have a course. Um, it's called the, the Wealthy Thought Leader Program. And if you go into my website, usainpatel.com, you'll probably see, see it there. They can email me. The email address is on the website. Um, if they want to email me with questions or um, get on the course the program and uh, so I've taken my books and a lot of the concepts that I teach in my program I've, it's in the books as well so but the difference is with the program you get my food my one-on-one -on -one attention or my personal attention as opposed to just reading a book you know um, so I think that's probably more effective to actually get the coaching um, besides just reading the book yeah, I think uh, definitely do both. Get the book and then book a coaching session. Uh, and I understand that you have a free assessment session that you you have available to um, anyone that's interested. I'll put the links in the description uh, for those of you that do want to look at that and have a conversation with uh, with Sane. Uh, as we as we head into some of the sort of parting thoughts here in this conversation, um, uh, what what do you want to leave uh, your the the audience with? What do you what what do you want to leave them with? Sort of what are the, the the key things you want them to take away from from all of this? If they read any of your books and that what they what should they do with their life? Yeah, I think it's it's like what you said earlier, and I didn't really get to respond to the to that is what you said about the fact that, um, which I also probably allude to at least in my books, um, and is the fact that, you know, over the last hundred years or more so, or so, um, there's been a massive shift, um, and the problems that we have today should be handled differently let's say from the problems we had under the thousand, two thousand years ago. But yet we're using the same the same approaches. I think that's the that's the big misconceptions out there. And especially in my third book that's gonna be a lot more um, think the way to success. In that book I actually talk very much specifically about that that issue. Um, the way we actually approach problems because what what we what we're doing now is um, like we're thinking about certain problems in a certain way. Uh, when, we, when we approach problems, we, we sort of have, have all these preconceived ideas about how we should approach it. You know, it's like um, there's this there's this truth. It's either yes or no, or it's either like that, um, and it's no other way. You see, that's that's the problem. Um, Due to probably religious bias and scientific research, which um, even science can change, you know, all the, the laws of science and um, laws of even physics and, and physics, laws of physics and science evolves. Um, so the, the, the concept of absolute truths is starting to, to sort of become in a way obsolete but yet we're still sticking to those paradigms so uh i don't think that makes sense to you but i understand the laws of science so science i mean the laws doesn't really change but as new evidence yeah. is um discovered that's what I'm uh, saying, yeah. it, it evolves so it grows upon evolves. and uh and so 
Um, so is that, but it doesn't like gravity is still gravity, but the, the, all, uh, all the no, principles around no, it. I'm not saying it has evolved. Always, like there's more the information. Change, but um, so, sorry to, to, to speak over your words, but I wouldn't say the laws actually themselves change necessarily, but uh, yeah, gravity is probably a good example, but the way we actually approach certain certain problems um we we always look at things with you know these these absolute truths that we base everything on um, and that can never change that's that's the problem you know this yeah absolutism yeah. ideas yeah exactly um, it's it's um yeah i always i feel that the you know the 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 person who's or in your road or journey to sort of uh, self-improvement uh, and, uh, is that once you can change your mind uh, yeah. on something that you've previously previously believed to be true then you are maturing yeah. you know if you think back over the last five years and you haven't changed your mind about anything it means you haven't actually asked deep enough questions of the things that you believe uh, the, the perceptions that we have um, when I when I look at business in general, like oh, people of color, so like why do we so so if 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 racism does exist, and I I don't want to get too much into into race, like mm. you know why are there still successful uh, people of color? So it's like do you believe that that's just the excuse? That's just the reason. I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but surely like you can triumph over it if you if you only raise the issue like if it's some sometimes if anything ever goes wrong in your life and you always go oh mm -hmm. that's that's why you know um for me uh, a relatable thing is like whenever i see someone the other like yesterday i saw it so i'm trying to grow mm -hmm. a youtube presence um i'm publishing mm -hmm. weekly uh, and mm -hmm. i do uh, lots of stuff you know and then I saw someone launch a video uh, on, and they shared it on YouTube and they got, I mean, the numbers are not huge. So, uh, but they got a couple of hundred views and I was like, gee was I put this effort into my videos and like the storytelling and mm -hmm. the editing and this thing got like, so I was like despondent about it and yeah, and and the the but the, the, the point is like you know you shouldn't like, like that that's their journey and you shouldn't actually just look at that as being something of how to measure yourself you need to be able to measure yourself on a different set of rules and your own rules not about what's yeah. happening there because you know uh you, you can't look at other people and say oh goodness now i'm gonna give up because they were successful and they got to and that's what people want to hear and then i change my narrative because of what i see other people doing this similarly you know uh i sometimes look at some someone else and i go oh yeah it's because they, that's, a, that's a pretty girl or, or guy and okay i'm never going to be as successful because they look that way and i don't look that way and so yes almost create the stuff but uh you know i have to train myself every day i have to sort of train and keep my mantra going uh, so that I don't fall into that trap and I don't make that my primary thought. Like you said, you have 12 to 60,000 negative thoughts or thoughts and most of them are negative. Uh, and I kind of have to train myself to, to, to sort of pull back from, from doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's also, I mean, that's what the, the fourth secret is also about is, is, is compersion, which is actually in a way the opposite, the opposite of envy. Um, because when you, in a sense, when you, you what you're talking about is is comparing yourself to others, you know, and that's not your that's not your friend. <laughs> no, um, not. Yeah, comparing yourself to others is is not your friend, and um, that's actually the opposite. Um, compersion is the opposite of, of envy because ultimately, what you're doing is you're envious. You know, only comparing yourself, you're actually envious, even though you might not admit it. To understand yeah yeah so subconsciously you in being that person and um, <clears throat> or even consciously and um, you don't what you don't realize is you don't know 
the whole story, but yet you making assumptions about that person, why are they getting so many likes or so much attention or whatever the case, as opposed to you not getting as much attention. You don't know what, what the full story, so you're just making assumptions. Um, and based on that assumptions, you're now putting yourself down, maybe wrongly so, or rightly so. That's not the point. Um, the point is that maybe if you had been in their shoes, you might have not wanted to be there if you didn't do the full story. Um, we can go into that in more depth, but I don't think we have the time for that. Um, the other thing is also that that person that you actually envying or comparing yourself to, they probably envying and comparing themselves to someone else, you know, so it's like they're doing the same thing that you're doing. So they're probably looking at someone that has 100,000 likes or 100,000 views, whatever the case. So they kind of, you kind of in the same situation, do you understand? Yeah. So it's all relative. And it's all, it's, so it's, it's like that in business as well, where, you know, you can, it's yeah. very easy for someone to look at another person in business and say, oh, they're making it, uh, or they're successful. Or just in life, you see like, oh, you know, the, they got a new car or and we can't afford a new yeah. car but you know they you know and you don't know the situation so never look at the outside of someone and, and compare yourself to its dangerous um, position to be in um yeah, yeah. about all the uh, so the so for me the the youtube thing where i see other people's counts and views i I, I, it does affect me, but I'm, I've hopefully been emotionally trained to fend that off very quickly. Mm. Um, say that, well, you yeah. know, I, I, I can look at someone's counts and I can also see that they've only got 10 videos, um, you know, but I've, I've got <laughs> yeah. 60. Uh, so consistency but, but is more you, important. Um, yeah. What's that? But 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 do you but 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 do you know that what their life is like? Maybe they they really have a boring life, or they don't have a life, <laughs> or social life, or they don't have. I mean, so know, I mean, I, I, I bring it up as as an example for reference, and I think yeah. that that other people may also be going through, and especially in business, though you don't know what someone else is going through, so it's a bad idea yeah. to look at it. I know that it happens, and it's it's okay to admit that it. Oh, you saw someone else like, oh, I wish I had all this stuff, and they go, cool, but. Do you know all this stuff? Like, do you do yeah. you really want you know all this stuff? Like like yeah. So, yeah. so it's the, you know, be, uh, there was it's an old saying, but it's like, be careful what you wish for because you may just get it. Like, uh, yeah. you, you have to know what you're getting into um, when you're looking at stuff like that and, and validating yourself on somebody else's uh, outward appearance is never a good idea. There's so many people that I've encountered in my life that really looked like they had it all together, you know, the cars, whatever it is, but they were heavily in debt and they were yeah. unhappy and they had and their life, their home life was just a, a pretend when they went out, it was pretense and they would, you know, back home, it was unhappiness and, you know, so, so whereas you might have far less material things, but you might have a lot more fulfillment with family, happiness, the time, because you draw a line between your work life and your your home life so and it's not yes. to say that you're different people but you know that you end work because you're gonna spend time with your kids that they need your attention and they need it fully that you be you need to be immersed yes, yes. in that moment wherever it is that you are um and so that's, that's so yeah that's so true i mean i think you you're talking a lot about the concepts i, I talk in my in, the, in my book think your way to success because that's that's the, the distorted view we have of, of success is um, we look at others and we see you know what they have and then we aspire to that not knowing their situation and um, you know it's, it's also about um, time and money the, the balance there you know would you rather spend 18 hours 14 hours a day working and earning a lot of money would you maybe take off that money and work you know a lot less um, that's that's there's a there's a time there's a time money equation there that you're not seeing necessarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Eh? And 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 also um, just think about I mean there's so many examples and I, I think I, I spoke to you about this where this um, I didn't tell you the full story but these um, this couple that their whole life was wrecked because 
um, they worked so hard, and, and then finally this this man, um, you know, they made it, they reached success, and they became very wealthy all of a sudden. Um, but he was still working 14 hours a day, and eventually the marriage broke up because he ended up um, having an affair and marrying his um, assistant, whatever the case. Even though his wife was supporting him throughout the, the his career, you know. And then, um, so that didn't end well. <laughs> um, yeah, there's another part of that story, but I'm just saying. Um, yeah. yeah you so don't all know. that this couple wanted was to, to make it big um, in terms of business and money. And when, when that happened, they split up, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't sound like a successful it doesn't ending. <laughs> so, so, so people can reach out to you, uh, .com. uh I'll have the links in the description. They can reach out, buy the book. It's definitely worth the read. Um, I bought the book yeah. simply because uh, I'm on this mission to uh, support other entrepreneurs. So I'm buying things because at some point I want someone to buy my things. And uh, I yeah. also do commercial work and training and uh, with Excel and help you with data and analytics uh, and um, but uh, all those things are in my description how you can reach out to me uh, saying it's uh, we draw to a close here if there is a question that you can ask the audience what would that question be you got one question you want them to answer let's see if they uh, leave us some answers in the comments okay uh, I um, I haven't really thought about that but <laughs> I always, I was more thinking about the, um, you know, what I can say to them, but I haven't thought about what they can answer and tell me. But um, I would say, if I can ask them a question, I would say, um, how important, maybe this is a question, how important is, is it for you to know, um, the true meaning, let's say the true meaning of life or the true, true meaning of self. How important is that question? It might seem like a, a vague question or very, very philosophical question, but I'd like to know how important is that to you um, as an individual? You know, the question of um, searching for, for, for the self or, yeah. Putting, putting right, you have it. How important is the search for yourself uh deep yeah deep. giving your life giving yeah giving is for your own for your, um how important is it uh for you to search for your your li uh, life purpose um giving your life purpose um or giving it meaning yeah how important is that to you great stuff great stuff so um everybody um a little bit of a message from me is if you are in business and uh like i've been in business for 12 years um hussein's book is definitely one of those things you need in your toolbox uh, as we all know we go to work with a toolbox whether it's a digital toolbox no matter what it is and i think that this is just one of the tools that you need in order to grow your mind not just uh you know, you, whether you're spending time in the gym, uh, whether you run, whether you're staying fit, uh, you also need to keep your mind fit. And having a different kind of perspective on things is always important. Uh, the other thing that uh, I just like to share with you is that no matter what you are going through in your life right now, unless somebody's holding a gun to your head, you're going to be okay. It might feel uncomfortable. And uncomfort is a good place to be because it's going to help you excel and get to the next step and stage of your life of terms of where you want to go so it's been great so to my guest Hussein Patel you know author coach entrepreneur you can get his books it's available on amazon.com um, it's a great read it's intriguing it will get you results and you've got to put these things into practice to get the results like everything else in life change your mindset your behavior and you will see fantastic results uh Hussein, thanks so much for joining me on this conversation and uh i wish you all the best with your books hope the book sales are going up up and up 
Yeah, I'm sure it will go up even higher now after this this podcast, um, after this conversation. <laughs> we hear it. Awesome. All right. Cheers, everyone. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's been my pleasure. Bye.